My name is Jason Cockroft. I'm the author and illustrator of We Are Wolves, uh, published by Anderson Press. And I'm here today talking to students from Carlton Academy. And it's Al Elizabeth, Mihai and Alex. And they're gonna ask me questions for the reading zone. Okay, so our first question would be, how did you come up with a title? Um, <laughs> titles are funny things. Um, sometimes it's just luck. Uh, the, the novel I'm writing at the moment, I've had about three titles for it and I'm still not happy with it. Um, with We Were Wolves, I can't remember when I came up with a title. I've been trying to write it for a while. Um, and then when I got the voice, um, it was very easy to write. Um, it was kind of my voice uh, when I was um, around about 14, 15. Um, and yeah, with the title, you just want it to, you want it to make an impact, um, but you also want it to embody kind of what you're trying to say in the book. Um, and I think you've read the book and there's a, there's a passage in it about wolves, especially about the concept of a lone wolf. Um, and we have this in, in our culture in movies and TV and fiction where it's usually a man, a usually masculine, aggressive man who goes out into the world, who has no family or whose family has been taken from him and he acts revenge or he's a, he's a kind of a agent of chaos in a way. And the idea behind that is that the lone wolf is actually quite rare and they, they usually live in packs and families and they're actually, you know, very uh, loving, um, supportive uh, family. And the, the idea behind the, the book is that it's it's about love between a father and a son and the love in a family really um so we were wolves means that you know we have to we have to live as a family because if we if we work as individuals you know it, it won't work and that's that's what happens in the book itself um but yeah i like the title i like the alliteration we were wolves even though it's quite difficult for me to say <laughs> and uh could sound like we're werewolves, which I never realized until recently. Um, but hopefully you like it. And it means that I could put a wolf on the cover. Um, and I knew that would be a strong, strong image. So where did your inspiration come from? Um, well, there's not that many books that I know about, um, which are about the subject of uh, the love between a father and a son. Um, there's Danny the Champion of the World, I don't know if you've read that, um, the Roald Dahl book. And I read that probably when I was about 12, I think, at school. And I really didn't like it because I was expecting the usual Roald Dahl kind of cruelty and humour. Um, but I read it again when I was probably in my 20s. And I loved it. And I loved, uh, I loved the affection between the, the father and the son. Um, and I wanted to kind of emulate that whilst also it being a very different story and it's quite gritty and there's there's a thriller element to it and obviously it, it deals with um, quite difficult issues like uh, mental health issues and um, trauma. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to write about a father and a son living in extreme circumstances. Um, and initially the, the idea came to me when I pictured um, just a boy sitting at the edge of a woodland um, 
and he's sitting by a fire and I know his father has gone away. I didn't know quite where he'd gone to at that time. Uh, in the book, he ends up in prison and the, the boy has to fend for himself. And it's this moment of freedom for the boy um, because his, his relationship is quite troubled with his, his father. Um, but it's also a, a time of tension and nerves because he doesn't know what, what's about to come and you know, what the next day will bring. And what it brings is it, it brings a, a dog to him uh, called Moll, and he has to choose, uh, decide whether to keep the dog or not. And that will have repercussions later in the story. Um, so that was the, the original idea. And from there, I got the voice and then I wrote it very quickly. Um, it was probably one of the easiest things I've ever written because it, because it was in a, a voice that's very close to my own and the, the setting um, and the background is, is similar to what uh, I've experienced in the past. Um, but you never know where inspiration comes from really. Um, usually ideas need a long time to distill and percolate. Um, and with this, I think, yeah, I think it probably was in my head for a, probably a year before I, before I began to write it. So what came first, the illustrations or the words? Um, yeah, it's, it's strange when I talk to um, publishers um, because they always expect me to be a very visual um, writer because I'm obviously an illustrator. Um, but I, I see the two things as very different, uh, very, very different disciplines. Um, so when I write, I never think um, in visual terms as an illustrated book. And in fact, I didn't think this would be an illustrated, illustrated book. It was only when I was discussing um, it with publishers um, that we came up with the idea that it could be. And as soon as we kind of came up with that idea, I was quite excited really, um, because I love, I love black and white illustration. That's how I began. Um, it was only, I was probably about 18 when I started using color in work. I was very influenced by comics um, when I was young and I wanted to be a comic illustrator. And part of me doing this book is kind of an homage to the influences that I've had throughout my career and when I was young as well. And the comic illustrators and the classic book illustrators. And so, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I didn't want it to just be an illustrated book, but kind of a roundup of everything that I love about illustration. Um, and yeah, I'm quite proud of it um, because of that. I think, um, I think it's, a, it's a nice object as well. The, the design team at Anderson really made a, a nice a package and um, it's just nice to hold and look through. So I'm actually quite proud of it. I'm not usually proud of <laughs> all my books, but I'm uh, proud of this one, especially because it's so personal as well. Are any of the characters based on anyone you know? Um, <laughs> well, no. I mean, all characters, all characters are elements of yourself. Um, and they're all, they're always kind of, there's, a, there's elements of other people um, in there too. But no, there's, there's no one that is, that anything's, anyone is based on particularly. Um, 
like I say, it was the theme that was more important to me, the theme of love between a father and a son. Um, and it's very personal. It's not autobiographical. Um, my father wasn't anything like John is in the book. Um, John's a very complicated character um, with a lot of issues. Um, and my father was very, very simple man. He was and very happy with his life. Um, but we had, we had quite a difficult relationship when I was a teenager and we'd argue a lot. And, um, you know, sometimes I hated my father. I remember, remember writing in my diary once, um, I hate dad. And uh, he read my diary <laughs> and uh, he said, why do you hate me? And uh, I couldn't explain to him why I hated him. It's just, um, it was just that period of life when I was about 14, 15, um, probably younger. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of tensions and we'd argue a lot. And it was only later, again, probably in my thirties, uh, I'd moved away and I lived in Cornwall for quite a long time. And then I lived on the East Coast um, in Whitby. And I started um, kind of developing a relationship with him again. And he talked about things that I never knew about his life and his life with my mother. And it was like we were kind of getting to know each other again. Um, and he died um, 10 years ago. And so the book is kind of a dedicated to him. It's literally dedicated to him, but the, but the story and the, the feeling in it um, is dedicated to him too. Um, because I finally was lucky enough to get to know the man that he was, even if it took a long time. I uh, should have done it when I was younger, um, but I'm glad that I had the opportunity to get to know him so well um, when we had the chance. Um, do you relate to any of your characters? And if you do, how? <laughs> well, like, yeah, I relate to all of them, um, even the bad ones. Um, like I say, when you're, when you're writing, every writer really writes about themselves. It's not autobiographical, but there's thoughts, ideas, emotions that you feel and you kind of explore them. Um, and you push them to extremes and that, that's what drama is and that's what fiction is really. Um, so I relate to all of them. They're all different facets of my personality. Um, some are elements of your personality and character that you try to resist and some are, you know, more compassionate and loving and you want to um, rec um, encourage those. Um, but yeah, I relate to all the characters. And if I didn't, I wouldn't really be able to write them. Obviously the, the boy himself is the one that I relate to most, I suppose. Um, and the reader does because it's his subjective point of view and his voice that we're, we're listening to. Um, but I certainly know the frustrations in the father's character um, and the frustrations with the, the modern world and the outside world. And, you know, sometimes I'd like to disappear and live in the woods for a while and not have a smartphone and not have the internet. Um, and I think we all feel like that sometimes. Um, so yeah, I relate to all of them, but they're not, they're not me. And um, thank God. <laughs> so, why did you not decide to name the boy? And if you had, what name would you have chosen? Uh, I can't believe you've asked me that because um, 
Yeah, I had a, actually had a conversation about two weeks ago with my editor, uh, Anderson, and it was about the, the name of the boy. Um, because I didn't, I didn't realize that I hadn't named him. And I think I'd pretty much written the first draft um, before I realized. Um, because it was from his point of view and you don't often say your name out loud um, in life. Um, so yeah, it was only at the end where I realized that he didn't have a name and I quite liked that. Quite liked the universal nature of it. Um, obviously specifics help in storytelling, but it helps too to, to allow anybody um, to relate to a, to a character. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I should tell you his name. Um, but there's a reason why uh, he doesn't use it and his father doesn't use it. Um, go on, I'll tell you. Um, he, he's called uh, John. He's called the same as his father. He's called uh, Johnny. And, you know, there's, there's that thing where it's only fathers for some reason. Mothers never do this, but fathers name their sons after themselves. And it, it was the, the idea that he is his father when he was young. You know, they, they're very similar characters in some ways. Um, but obviously it's a little bit embarrassing as well to be called after your father. Um, so he doesn't use the name and, and that's, that's his name. And it's, it's why it's not in the book really. The theme of mental health, um, I have seen that it runs throughout the story a lot. How did you research this? How did you come to research um, well, I'm lucky enough to know a couple of um, therapists, counsellors, so I asked them about it. Um, but to be honest, in my family, um, there's been lots of different mental health issues, um, some less serious than others. And, you know, I myself have suffered from depression in the past and anxiety. Um, and so the, the themes themselves were fairly familiar to me. Um, from relationships I've been in and like I say, from family members and relatives. Um, again, the, the particular trauma that John is suffering from isn't familiar to me. And so I did read into that. Um, but the, the general uh, subject of trauma um, is familiar uh, from my own personal experience with um, people that I know and the symptoms are often very similar um, and they demonstrate themselves in, in similar ways. So there, there was a certain amount of research, but the, the story and the characters came from um, what I know personally and what I've experienced. I think we all really enjoyed uh, reading the book. So so would you ever consider writing a sequel or maybe even a prequel to it? Um, again, should I answer this? Um, yes, I'm, I'm considering it. Um, yeah, I might be working on something at the moment. Um, and again, it's to do with the issues at the heart of it, as, as we were just um, discussing, the, the mental health issues. There's... You know, these things are represented in culture, in fiction and, and film and TV and music. Um, but the problem with it is that there's always a satisfying end to it. And so, so the, 
there's a, there's a definite ending to We Were Wolves. And, um, but I didn't want to give the impression that that's the end of the story. Because um, when there's trauma and when there's grief and bereavement in a family, that doesn't just end. And I know that from experience. As I say, my father died nearly 10 years ago, but my, my life's completely different. Um, I wouldn't have said that he was an enormous part of my daily life, even though I loved him. Um, but he left a, a void, you know, his absence was enormous and it affected the whole family. And again, I'd, in the same way that a love between a father and a son isn't um, represented particularly well in fiction, that idea of grief and bereavement and loss isn't represented particularly realistically. And so, yeah, there's, um, there's a story I like to tell, um, which just goes on to the next chapter and to see how, you know, the events of We Were Wolves has an impact on those characters uh, moving forward because these things, these things are very hard to resolve in life and we do resolve them and we, we come to accept them and live with them. Um, but they, there's always an impact you know, from them and I'd like to explore that. Where is your favourite place to write and draw? Well, the favourite place to draw is at the desk, unfortunately. I'm very self-conscious and I hate people watching me draw. Um, even at um, university, um, I hardly went in <laughs> to the studio because uh, I just didn't like people watching and people um, sitting by me when I, when I drew and painted. And so usually, you know, work from home. Um, and I'm still a bit like that. I don't know how these people kind of sit out in the street and draw people and paint people. Um, I just wouldn't have the confidence to do that. Um, writing's slightly different. Um, and you can write anywhere and you don't need materials. You just need your laptop. Um, so yeah, in the past I'd, I'd write on trains and cafes and and at home, obviously, and libraries. And um, libraries are very important. And there's been a lot of libraries that I've um, written in and visited. And um, obviously in the past year, those have been closed. And um, I think it's hopefully shown us how important libraries are um, because I've certainly missed going there and, and writing and finding that kind of quiet and isolation that you need. Um, where you're not distracted by everything at home. Um, so yeah, my favorite places are probably cafes and, and libraries. What would be your top tips for anyone who wanted to write a book? Um, my top tip is uh, not to be frightened of it. I mean, it, it literally is only just words on the page and you know, we all have to write at some point, uh, especially when we're at school. So you're writing daily and you might not be writing stories or you might not be trying to write a novel, but forget about writing a novel, just write, you know, the first sentence and then see where it leads you. Um, I know a lot of people who are intimidated um, by the blank page or by the idea that they have to write, you know, a thousand words a day or something. And you just don't, you just start off with 
a single sentence, a single image, a voice, um, use your voice and uh, just see where it goes. We all, you know, we, we've seen so many stories. We watch so many stories on TV and on film. So we know how stories work um, instinctively. And so trust, trust what you know about a story and trust your own voice and trust that someone would be interested in listening to it and knowing what you have to have to say. So is more real? Sorry? Is Moll real, the dog? Uh, no, no, I never, I never had a dog when I was young, but in the last 10 years, I've really wanted a dog. And uh, I've known some dogs of friends and uh, yeah, I just wanted to, again, represent that kind of love and support. Um, the animals in We Were Wolves are all symbolic. Um, obviously the wolves represent John and his son and Moll represents something else. She, she appears like a lot of the animals and when, when the boy has to make a decision and a choice and um, she could be freedom, she could represent freedom to him or represent responsibility or even represent tragedy. Um, and so even though the dog and the love between him and the dog is based on people I know and dogs that I know. Um, yeah, it's largely symbolic. And, um, and she, you know, hopefully she ends up um, saving, saving him and um, representing hope really in the end, representing kind of a guardian spirit that he needed at this particular moment in his life. If you could sum up your book in only three words, which ones would you pick? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, yes, I do. Because um, people, people ask me, you know, what's your book about? And um, I always say, well, I know what it's about. But I think what you're asking me is, what's the plot? And, you know, the plot is, you know, a boy and his father living in an abandoned caravan in the woods in Yorkshire and trying to hide away from the world, but the world um, moving into that woodland and into their, their space, their isolation, their freedom, and, and them not being able to resist it. But what the book is about, it's, a, it's about love and it's about the love between a father and a son. Um, so I'd say father, son, love, <laughs> if that's allowed. Thank you for your questions.